Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, hello, hello. I am particularly delighted today to be joined by the incredible uh, Jeremy Scarhill. Many of you will know his work. He is senior correspondent at The Intercept, who have done fantastic work over the last few years. Um, particular issues which maybe some of the media outlets haven't given sufficient time and resources to um, and also the uh, also the podcast Intercepted which he also co-hosts it's great to see you Jamie how you doing thanks for having me back Owen um let's just begin actually at the moment with some of the propaganda that we're actually seeing in this hideous war if war is the correct term um so we're seeing at the moment we've seen how you know images of 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 prisoners stripped detained um and then flaunted on on you know paraded on camera which violates the Geneva convention um and uh, we've seen you know kind of very degrading kind of attempt to degrade or humiliate some would say the Palestinian population i'm just interested in what you think israel's tactic is in terms of what it's doing there well, oh, and let's let's remember that in the immediate aftermath of the uh, Hamas raids into Israel on October seventh, uh, Gallant, the defense minister, who's a truly ghoulish character, uh, stated that uh, we are not fighting human beings; we're fighting human animals. And um, and this kicked off what has been a sustained campaign to dehumanize all Palestinians, all people of Gaza. Uh, the president of Israel, uh, Isaac Herzog, has uh, stated that there are actually no civilians, uh, no innocent civilians in Gaza. Um, I mean, I, I could spend an hour with you reading off uh, what I think can just rightly be called genocidal comments uh, by Israeli officials and lawmakers. You have also Netanyahu talking about the, you know, the children of the dark versus the children of the light, and you know, uh, in, invoking the story of Amalek and, and whatever. We can go on and on about this, but I'm, I'm bringing that up because from that mentality um, and that tone being set, um, you're, what you're trying to do is groom your public to accept any crimes that you commit in pursuit of what you tell the public is your job. So, according to the doctrine that Israel is refining and deploying now. They've done this for a long time, but we're seeing it in a very, very overt way right now. There are no Palestinian children. Uh, there are only Hamas uh, terrorists in training. There are no Palestinian hospitals. There are only uh, command centers for Hamas, which by the way, was a complete uh, farce. Uh, and we can talk about that later if you want. Um, there are no uh, UN workers in uh, Palestine. They're all Hamas. There are no real journalists in Gaza. They're all Hamas. In fact, the prime ministers of Belgium and Spain and Ireland, they're also Hamas. <laughs> the UN secretary general, he's Hamas. So when you go to that extreme and everyone is Hamas and everyone is a human animal, then you have uh, shows like the propaganda theater that Israel has been putting on where they round up uh, what seem to be overwhelmingly civilians. In fact, uh, by the IDF's own estimation, only 10 to 15 percent of the prisoners, the people that they have taken and stripped down to their underwear, 
uh, had any affiliation with Hamas. And they actually haven't even provided evidence that those 10 to 15 percent um, have true affiliations with Hamas. Um, but one of the most grotesque episodes that took place was uh, uh, last week when uh, video footage uh, was put online, filmed by Israeli forces of Palestinian men stripped down to their underwear and then ridiculously being forced to lay down rifles in front of the like you don't it doesn't even make sense how what what, is, what was going on there set aside the kind of questions and then you can see in one clip he has the rifle in his right hand in the other clip he has the rifle in his left hand it seems quite clear that this was a macabre israeli production where palestinians many of whom now have been identified to be well-known civilians were forced to be actors in a propaganda film and they were forced to play Hamas terrorists, in the words of Israel, for the consumption of the Israeli public. And the, the whole point of this was to reinforce the idea there are no civilians, these are human animals. And in fact, the Geneva Conventions don't apply to them because they're animals. I mean, the kind of brazenness of this, I mean, you mentioned, obviously, in terms of that kind of propaganda, the degree, the violations of the Geneva Convention when you parade people in front of the cameras in that humiliating kind of way um and i mean if we take the the rhetoric you, you mentioned amalek when benjamin netanyahu um spoke of um quoted from the bible where the amalek nation attacked the israelites and god commanded the israelites to kill all men women and children which repeated both to the, the population but also separately to soldiers um and then as another example just as a brazenness they blow up a school cheering you can't blow up civilian structures according to international law unless you can claim as proportionality in terms of a military use. Obviously, if they went in and covered it in explosives, that, that couldn't possibly be the case. But I suppose what you know what hangs this all together is is they they kind of behave as though they can get away with essentially anything, yeah. and they're right. I mean, isn't that part? That's partly what <clears throat> we're trying to demonstrate here. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, let, let's remember one of the premier uh, episodes of this propaganda war that now almost no one ever talks about. The, the the American public, the world public, the Israeli public was told that the most important hospital in Gaza, the Al-Shifa Hospital, which uh, was was built originally as a British military barracks, it, it then was uh, converted into a hospital under both Egyptian and Israeli occupations of what is uh, now Gaza. Um, in the 1980s, Israel built tunnels underneath it. It was designed, they built tunnels and underground operating room. It was designed by two Tel Aviv architects. Um, in fact, oh, and in the late 1980s, you know, Hamas was created in 1987. The Israelis were doing construction on Al Shifa right. all through the 1980s. Right. And in the late 1980s, according to the son of one of the main Israeli architects, they actually hired Hamas as security guards to guard their construction project so that it wouldn't be uh, be attacked. I say all of that because Israel knew, because they built them, that there were tunnels under the hospital. In fact, anyone who's covered Gaza. Uh, for any length of time, knows that there are hundreds of kilometers of tunnels uh, underneath Gaza, by some estimates, 500 kilometers or more. Um, and Israel seems to be now going to flood them with uh, with seawater, uh, which is which is a whole other issue. But what I'm getting at here is Israel told the world, and they produced this slick three-dimensional video where it's almost like a, out of a Bond villain movie that descends down from under Al-Shifa and shows us what amounts to a Hamas pentagon. And they told us this is not just uh, any command center. This is one of the central command centers of Hamas's operations. The entire thing was a lie. The entire thing was a fraud. Um, they present a few dozen weapons total. 
some of which were stored behind an MRI machine, which makes no sense for anyone who understands the electromagnetic uh, qualities of an MRI machine. But, um, but just set that aside for a moment. It was a lie that was also co-signed by the president of the United States and his senior advisors who said they had their own intelligence indicating this. We know that five days before that, Israel had actually found a major Hamas command and control center that was many kilometers northwest of there. So why did they do that? They did it so that they could convince the world that there were actually no civilians. There are no civilian uh, hospitals in Gaza. And they've laid siege. In fact, as we speak now, they're laying siege to yet more hospitals. And now they're starting to do it in the West Bank as well. So we as journalists, or just as ordinary people watching this, cannot participate in any way in disseminating Israeli propaganda. Nothing Israel says, and this is their own fault, should be believed without verification. Nothing, not one single thing they say should ever be believed unless there is clear, concrete, independent evidence. And on that, I mean, you, you mentioned that video, the kind of Bonsal uh, video of Al-Shifa Hospital. And in that tweet, they specifically said that Al-Shifa Hospital is the command yeah. and control center um, of Hamas. I mean, the facts do you find it astonishing that they were allowed to just throw a few, show a few guns, then walk away. And... But let's also talk, wait, let's, not talk, let's talk about tunnels, though, for a second, uh, because the mere existence of tunnels is not a scandal. Why are there tunnels underneath uh, Gaza? Well, there are tunnels underneath Gaza because Israel is regularly bombing Gaza. They're mm. calling it, you know, mowing the lawn, mowing the grass, uh, and, and they periodically do this. Um, whatever you think of Hamas, Hamas is the ruling party in Gaza. Whether you hate them, think they're terrorists, think they're freedom fighters, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. They control it. It makes perfect sense that they would operate under tunnels. They've been under siege. They've been under blockade. The tunnels are not just used for Hamas terrorism. They're used to smuggle in goods. Israel now has closed many of them down. They shut down the tunnels going into Egypt. But Israel has engaged in a relentless targeted assassin, assassination campaign against Hamas officials, including political Hamas officials that are not even part of the Hamas armed wing. So it, it, it's logical. It's not a scandal that they have tunnels. Um, and, and even if there were some Hamas members, which I know that that's the case, that used al-Shifa to meet with journalists or whatever, that we all know that. Hmm. That doesn't justify uh, laying siege to a hospital, shutting its electricity down, and killing infants that are that that are abandoned in a neonatal intensive care unit. I mean, it's there is no lie too obscene to justify the totally unjustifiable. Uh, and I'm, anyone's been to Sarajevo, I've been to Sarajevo. You do the tour of Sarajevo, knows that a that was a city under siege with extensive tunnels underneath. It's not actually unique to Gaza. You, you get besieged city besieged areas. Israel is building tunnels under their hospitals right now. Oh, and I mean, there, there's been articles in the Israeli press about how they're building underground operating uh, rooms. And it makes sense. They're getting hit by rockets. They want to be able to uh, have facilities where uh, the most vulnerable people can be protected. But Palestinians are never allowed context. Palestinians are not allowed any context whatsoever, historically or right now. Just never. Just, just in terms of, because I know you mentioned Amalek before, there's something I just want to put by you. So I interviewed uh, Raz Sigal, who's the, he's an Israeli-American um, academic in Holocaust and it. genocide studies, for those who don't know. But without, without getting, again, talking about genocide or not genocide, the point he did make is it's very rare for intent to be so, so openly stated. That you often get, I mean, if you look, I don't know, the, the, the Slobodan Milosevic, for example, in the Balkans, or, or affiliated forces, or, or Assad, there is often a attempt to cover up, if you like, or, or employ some form of 
cynical subtlety about what they're doing and in an effort to deflect from very serious war crimes. But, but you mentioned human animals. When we could go on, we'll reduce Gaza to a city um, of tents. There are two million Nazis in the West Bank. There are no innocents in Gaza. And um, this is quite, I would say, rare or unique in a conflict for a leadership. If you had a hypothetical war crimes tribunal, you, you wouldn't need to go through secret Israeli files to work out what their intent was. You would just listen to the rhetoric of their own leaders. I mean, it is quite rare, isn't it, having covered lots of conflicts, to be so open in, in, in that kind of language. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, I mean, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and uh, many Israeli officials are using the language that typically you think of as uh, cartoonish warlords from some weird Bruce Bruce Willis movie. I mean, that that's I mean, Yoni Gallant, the the defense minister. I mean, he he literally is like some gangster warlord that Bruce Willis is sent to go hunt down somewhere. I mean, they they are talking in that explicit of a way. But also, uh, Owen, I've been monitoring the telegram channels that are very popular in Israel right now that are just, and you know, many of them run by private individuals that have, some of them have north of 100,000 followers that are showing very graphic videos of Palestinians who have been killed having their bodies mutilated. And, and there sometimes are these uh, pop music songs or even folk songs for little kids um, that are, are played over them. And we learned this week from Haaretz, an Israeli newspaper, one of the major papers in Israel, that the Israeli Defense Forces Psychological Operations Division is covertly operating its own snuff video telegram channel. And I, and I went through it and it shows images of cars rolling over Palestinians' bodies and then rolling over them again, mocking Palestinians who's, who are carrying their dead children into a hospital with the desperate hope that maybe they can still be saved. I mean, it's utterly sick. It's utterly depraved. And the whole, you know, on, on one level, it's the, the images in some of the private channels are far more sadistic and sick than the channel that is already sadistic and sick that we understand is being run by the IDF. But why are they doing this? Why would the IDF want to do it? This is aimed at their own public. This is aimed at whipping them up, at, at, at making the, 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 un, the, the thirst for blood unquenchable, in dehumanizing. These aren't real people. These are animals. 
over and over and over. I, I looked through hundreds of the images on it and was just thinking last night and in my insomnia, why would they do this? They're doing it because the first step of waging uh, a, a war of annihilation is to convince your population that these aren't really human beings and therefore they're not really being, uh, they're not people being killed. And that's what the point of this is. And yet you mentioned there that that Telegram channel, 72 Virgin Censored, run by the yeah. IVF, according to Haaretz, with you know, messages like, we're burning their mother. You wouldn't believe the video we got. You can Listen the to the bones crunch. I mean, it's just... Really sadistic stuff. One of the other thing I just want to ask you about as well, just a couple of other things, is Joe, Joe Biden. Now, I, I suppose this week, there's, I think, a term invented for what the administration is doing. It's called hand-wringing. Yeah. Uh, where all of a sudden they're going, oh, Israel, you're going, it's a bit much, this, isn't it? Could you tone it down a little bit? Um, I mean, what, what in terms of the role of the Biden administration, because obviously there's the, the question of arms and direct, obviously, military weapons supplied by the United States are killing children um, in Gaza. And without those weapons, would this assault be possible? I mean, just in terms of how important arms are. But in terms of political and diplomatic cover how important has that been throughout well i mean remember joe joe biden in you know in a sea of completely pro-israel american political institutions and politicians uh, and this goes back decades joe biden stands out as one of the most extreme backers of israel you know he says he's israel's best catholic friend that even though he's not jewish he's a zionist and you don't have to be jewish to be a zionist um, if there wasn't a state of Israel, we would have to invent one to protect our interests in the Middle East, all, all, all of that stuff. But also Biden has this long track record of defending Israel's uh, worst atrocities. He was the, the American politician who in 2010 defended the raiding of a humanitarian ship trying to, where they killed 10 people, 10 civilians, where they were trying to bring aid into blockaded Gaza. Um, in 20, 2021, he was supporting his great, great friend, Bibi, who he's been friends with for 30 years. So I, I think that we have to conclude um, because of the undying support that Biden has given, particularly at this time, that it that things are unfolding exactly how he wants them to unfold. He could end this with one phone call. I truly believe that. Um, so, but on a, on a more granular political level, I think there's a split within the administration where you see the CIA director, William Burns, who is fluent in Arabic, um, has spent a lot of time in the region. And then uh, Lloyd Austin, the US defense secretary, um, who certainly knows war, both of them are deeply concerned that what Israel is doing is trying to pull the United States into an open war with Iran. And so you see the, the people that have actual military experience um, trying to, uh, to stop this, um, not for humanitarian reasons, for geostrategic political reasons. And then on the other hand, you have um, Tony Blinken, who is a lifelong uh, Zionist um, and has been the, the lead U.S. official um, in pushing this war. He then is running around on a PR tour trying to convince the world that the Biden administration cares deeply about Palestinian civilians. And at the same time, they're talking out of that side of their mouth. On the other side of their mouth, we have the moment at the UN Security Council where uh, the Deputy Ambassador Wood does his uh, voting against and puts his arm up like this, voting against the ceasefire, making mm -hmm. the United States a totally isolated rogue power when it comes to this issue. Um, Biden is concerned about his election. Biden is concerned that he may lose the state of Michigan because it has a large Arab American, large Muslim population. Um, and, and I think that uh, if, if it comes to pass that a nightmare occurs and we get Donald Trump, <laughs> possibly from jail, winning the election, it's not the fault of Arab Americans or others who say, I won't vote for Biden after what he's done in Israel. It's the fault of the Democratic Party for running Joe Biden. And it's the fault of Joe Biden for so gleefully supporting 
a war of annihilation against an overwhelmingly defenseless civilian young population. I, I did think it was just fascinating what you said there, that Biden could end this with one phone call. Yeah, people make fun of that, but he, he, that is the nature of American power. Mm-hmm. And and we, we you know, I, I think that that what they initially set out to do was open the spigot, let it burn, let BB destroy, you know, get it out of his system, which on on, 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 on a human level is sociopathic. But I really think they felt like, okay, we're going to let BB burn Gaza to an extent, and then we'll tell him to tone it down. Um, they're not toning it down. And and this this business about, well, we've made clear to the Israelis that we're deeply concerned. No, if you were concerned, you would have uh, not vetoed the UN Security Council resolution. You wouldn't then secretly go behind the back uh, of, of the democratic process in Congress and rush through 13,000 more tank rounds, par- part of a, a much larger package that the Biden administration is ramming through. Everything they're saying is it, it crumbles into a pool, a swirling pool of bloody hypocrisy when you see the action. The only thing that matters, Owen, is the action. And the action is full political support, full military support, and crucially, promoting the lies of the Israeli military that have been used to continue massacring civilians. Just finally, I did want to just ask you about Hamas. And look, I yeah. watched the, um, you know, um, I, some people may, may may be aware that I watched the film of the IDF, of the uh, horrific... Yeah, some people, I saw some people, a few people commented on that. Oh, did, did you, you noticed that, did yeah. you? You noticed yeah, that. I saw yeah, that. There was, so, there was so people I, making so did I, I also yeah. noticed that. But look, you know, Hamas committed terrible atrocities on uh, 7th of October. People shouldn't, shouldn't be under any illusion of that, as I made repeatedly in that video which apparently my critics didn't seem to to listen to but these were serious and grave war crimes and you know a lot of people would would look at that and go whatever you know the the, the context of is of, of siege of occupation the longest belligerent occupation in history the longest siege in history and the, the horrors uh, meted out to the palestinian population a lot of people one of the reasons they've they've stayed aloof from what's happened is they've gone well this is terrible what israel are doing but equally look how horrific um, Hamas are, and obviously the Biden administration and others have tapped into that. How do we understand that kind of the, the, that violence? What happened on seventh of October in, in in a kind of in a in a broader context? Yeah, I mean, I I think that any honest uh, explanation of it. I mean, I think you, first of all, I think you're right. There were very clear war crimes committed. Uh, the perpetrators of that violence uh, absolutely should be brought to justice. Um, it should be treated as the horrifying crime that it was. Um, and that's the same way I viewed 9-11 as well. This, this is a law enforcement operation. This is, uh, th- these are criminals who have committed acts of, uh, of, of terror and war crime against civilians. Now, not everything that happened on October 7th was a war crime. I think there are serious questions uh, about whether or not Hamas uh, had some legal justification to attack uh, an Israeli military outpost. But the 845 civilians uh, that we understand were killed, and then the uh, many dozens of civilian hostages were, that were taken. This is completely unacceptable. It's illegal under international law. It constitutes a war crime. Um, but that doesn't answer the question of why there's a group like Hamas or why this kind of an action could take place. And by the way, I, I also think that we don't fully know which factions did what on October 7th. And, um, you know, and I think that there are indications also that there were uh, groups of people um, and other organizations like Palestinian Islamic Jihad that participated in those attacks. So, you know, Hamas is being accused of the entire thing, and certainly they they broke the concentration camp fence that led to the raids. But it's important to know the actual facts on the ground. It's also important, I think, for the Israeli public to understand how many people that day were killed by Israeli forces that responded. Um, was the Hannibal Directive uh, initiated? I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, I'm, I read the Israeli press, and clearly there are questions about 
how Israeli forces responded on that day. Setting all of that aside, uh, why is there a Hamas? Well, there's two reasons. One, which I think bears mentioning, is uh, because of Benjamin Netanyahu and his like-minded people who said it's much better to have a Hamas than a more moderate force because this is the best way to stop the achievement of a Palestinian state. The New York Times this week had a huge expose talking about how Benjamin Netanyahu was essentially the, the money facilitator for Hamas uh, from huge many, many millions of dollars from Qatar and wanted to keep that spigot of money flowing. Netanyahu's on, you know, caught talking to Likud party members about how anyone who wants to stop an independent Palestinian state needs to bolster Hamas. Um, but that doesn't explain the whole thing. Groups like Hamas rise and become popular because of the conditions opposed, imposed on the oppressed. I don't think you can directly compare Hamas to the IRA or, or to the African National Congress, but they fit within the same category of when you strip people of all legitimacy to a right to defend themselves, to fight for their self-determination. The people that take up arms start to become very popular. And so uh, we cannot talk about Hamas, we cannot talk about October 7th without talking about the Israeli occupation and the direct support uh, and indirect support that Netanyahu and his like-minded people have given to the rise of, of Hamas. So absolutely, these were war crimes when, when you're talking about the massacring of civilians. We should know the facts though and not use incendiary allegations like beheaded babies, like Joe Biden did, without knowing if it's true. The issue there was Joe Biden knowingly put forward unverified information and claimed to have seen photos of something, and he lied about that. So we need the facts. The Israeli victims of these attacks deserve to have a full public accounting for what they and their loved ones experienced. That's also true for the Palestinians who've been abducted, the children that have put in, been put in military tribunals. You know, over the, since 2019, 2,700 uh, Israelis have been killed by Palestinians, uh, roughly. More than 30,000 Palestinians have been killed during that same period. You can't talk about disintegrating or destroying a group like Hamas unless you're willing to talk about full liberation for the Palestinian people. And I know I'll get attacked for saying that, but that's the truth. That is the truth. You will not have peace. You will not destroy the conditions that lead to armed resistance unless you treat Palestinians with the full dignity that all human beings deserve. Amen. Um, well, you can see, I'm sure everyone was so excited to have Jeremy with us today. Um, do make sure you follow his brilliant work, Jeremy Scarhill at The Intercepts, which many of you already do. Um, do like and subscribe, do share this video. But Jeremy, that was a tour de force. I would have expected nothing less. Uh, so thank you. It was a big honor as ever. Thank you so much. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for your work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.